Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today is part two of two days of looking at Newman Hall's book, Gethsemane, Leaves of Healing from the Garden of Grief, and specifically his chapter 26 that addresses anxiety. Yesterday, I posted and recorded an excerpt from that chapter 26 on anxiety um, with his first two points. And today I'll finish the chapter with the succeeding four points, which are shorter. But first a quick bio on who this Newman Hall is. He wrote his book in 1891. He was born um, Christopher Newman Hall in 1816, died in 1902. He was born at Maidstone in England and known later in life as a dissenter's bishop because he was one of the most celebrated 19th century English nonconformist divines. He was active in social causes, especially supporting Abraham Lincoln and the abolition of slavery during the American Civil War. His tract called Come to Jesus was first published in 1848 and contributed to Hall's becoming a household name throughout Britain and the US and further afield. It supposedly sold 4 million copies worldwide over his lifetime and was heavily passed around and read during the American Civil War. So. The part I'd excerpted yesterday, as I said, was from the 26th chapter of his book on Gethsemane called um, Anxiety. Um, It's no doubt a time now on earth when anxiety seems to be at high levels, but we do not need to fear and we do not need to be anxious. And I thought Preacher Hall's points were worth offering in hopes that solace would be offered to anyone out there who is anxious. I found his points very comforting. I'll link to the whole chapter, and I'll also link to the whole book, both of which can be read online um, or bought at Amazon. So what follows that you'll hear is from Newman Hall's next four points about anxiety. Number three, the uselessness of anxiety. Who, by all his worry, can add one inch to his stature? By temperance in all things, in observance of the laws of health, we may add some years to our age, but not by anxiety. That shortens life. Some are anxious to increase their apparent height, but who can increase his real height by an inch? How small a thing it would be to add a little to length, either of life or limb, compared with the constant supplies of God for the body's life. If you then are not able to do even that which is least, why are you anxious concerning the rest? Anxiety is useless. It does nothing toward attaining its end. It hinders clear thinking, firm purpose, steady perseverance, and final success. An old author says, quote, 
Don't fret about what you can't help or what you can help. If you can't help it, fretting won't mend it. And if you can help it, well then help it and there will be nothing to fret about. End quote from the old author who's not mentioned. Exercise caution, diligence, perseverance, and prayer. Work, but don't worry. Then commit the result to God, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Point number four, it's heathenish to be anxious for all these things. It is right to desire and work for and enjoy them, but... If we make them our supreme aim, we lower ourselves to the level of idolaters. For all these things the heathen do seek after. The nature of the particular idol does not constitute heathenism, but the idolatry which exalts anything above God. Alas, how many professed Christians are only baptized heathen setting their affection on things of earth, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, indulging in covetousness, which is idolatry. As if a man's chief end were to please himself instead of to glorify God and enjoy him forever. As if our clothes were more than our body, our money more than our mind, or our things more than ourselves. What we think we have, more than what we really are. A man's life consists not in abundance of the things which he possesses, but in the things in what by God's grace he is. In faith, love, holiness, childlike trust, if eager chiefly for the things of earth, then we are only like the heathen. Number five, our Father knows our need. The creator of the birds and flowers is our loving Father. Christ does not say that we can do without those things and should not wish for them. He was more human than some philosophers. He's more considerate of our present needs than some Christians. He said that we do have need of these things and that our Father knows it, knows that we require food and clothing and the comforts of home and the solace of affection. He who made the need pledges the supply. The very need is evidence that he who caused it considers it. So it is in the higher need of the soul. If he implants the desire for what is good, he will help us to attain it. The longing for himself is evidence that he has already given himself. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. <clears throat> Number six, if our Father gives us the kingdom, we may trust him to provide all else. The disciples were few, feeble, poor, 
and exposed to the world's enmity. They were as timid sheep. But Jesus said, fear not. If a little flock, you have a great and good shepherd, able to supply all your need, ever keeping watch and mighty to save. To him, you are precious. You are on your way to the kingdom. Though wanderers in a wilderness, you will soon dwell in a palace, and not as strangers, but as children of the king. It is your father who gives it, and it is of his good pleasure. And if that is so, will he not provide all needful things on the way? If a loyal subject volunteers in the army of his king, Will not daily rations be provided? If a loving father urges his far-off son to come home and prepares for his reception, will he allow him to perish on the way for lack of what his father could supply? Will not the love that gives the greater also give the less? He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also freely give us all things? Little flock, you already realize the promise. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Christ now reigns in the heart, protecting and blessing all who obey him. We have eternal life. If then we possess the kingdom of heaven, Shall we be anxious respecting the things of earth? Let us then seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and be assured that all these other things shall be added unto us. Not all that others have, not all that we may desire, but all that is really best. We may have a large contentment, with small stores. The peace of God does not depend on plentiful gold. To have the will of God in heart and life and to desire what he has promised and to love what he has commanded, to hunger and thirst after righteousness more than after riches, and thus to be filled is to be rich indeed. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and I thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day.